see what happens when Christian nationalism takes over. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Hey everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry News Talk, and today is January 8th, 2020, episode 284, and today, the insurrection of the dead. And I'm not Via Getty, but I am your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gon's welcome to the podcast where we praise Jesus while reporting the egregious chaos with a well-rounded, biblically grounded take on world events. We're back. We're back. We did it. We survived. Yep. Um, and things just keep happening, Gone. That's the thing about doing a news show. There's always more news. Yeah, can't. It, nothing is slowing down. 2021 seems to just be uh, one big blur of uh, like like 2020 squared is what we're <laughs> what we're seeing so far. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about now just to give everybody uh, a heads up. Today is a very special day. We will be, um, well, we're going to be doing a lot of updates to follow up on the, uh, Wednesday's, uh, events over there at the Capitol. A lot of things to catch up on in regards to more information being available, uh, about that incident and surrounding incidences. And then we actually, this, the Canary Cry news talk portion of today's broadcast will be a little bit shorter than usual, but that's good news because we just need to make time for the canary cry radio episode that we'll be broadcasting immediately after so once this show is done don't go anywhere just stay right where you are uh, because we'll be talking to timothy alberino friend of the show and uh, uh dashing adventure man <laughs> yeah explorer extraordinaire turned author uh yes. yeah so we're we're good friends been a while with Tim. been a few years yeah, yeah. 2015 is when we last interviewed Tim on Canary Cry Radio. I think I've had him on the Face Like the Sun channel once or twice since then, but we're going to talk about his book, Birthright, which is a fantastic book. I've been through, I got through most of it, and it's, I'm very jealous. I'm jealous that he wrote it and I didn't. well before we get into uh the show here i just want to remind everybody especially over on youtube if you're watching the live broadcast it will help us so so much if you hit that like button early it uh, tells the algorithms that we're we're worth a shot it'll share (laughs) the show with other people so if you uh don't mind help us helping us out uh hit that like button thank you very much and if you want to click more you can like, subscribe, bell, and hit all. Bell button, yeah. yeah. See, I didn't even know the bell button was a thing. Well, you got to hit bell, and then you got to hit all, so you get all wow. the notifications. I feel so old. They I just made it hard for every. I mean, that that was like two years ago, and I, uh, you know, once that happened, I was like, ah, whatever. And uh, <laughs> they keep me, they keep my channel, Face Like the Sun channel, in the two hundred sixty three thousand number. They've capped me. Uh, yes, they've capped you. I have not been able to break 200. Well, I got over 264,000 once when I stopped publishing videos uh, or live streaming the podcast on, on the channel. And as soon as uh-huh. I started doing that again, 
Right back down, right back down. Unsubscribe <laughs> like two, three hundred people a day. And it just you keeps thought right you range. could get away with it? I know. What am I, what, what do I expect from YouTube? What I, a silly idea! They would let you post videos <laughs> on YouTube. You know those. Uh, you know what I hear about uh, Susan and all those YouTube uh, head people over there. Have you heard? No. He's a Satanist. <laughs> all of them. You're going to get in trouble. I know. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's, uh, we should probably just jump right into it. Let's do it. We have uh, a bunch of, I guess, election. We don't have a, a proper jingle other than the election uh, voter fraud jingle. So we'll just play that. Uh, and so my question is very direct. Is voting by mail secure? <laughs> no. And of course, the 6th of January, we saw the chaos ensue. We were sitting here live. You guys were all with us as we watched everything take place. And, uh, you know, Grace uh, over at uh, Really Graceful pointed this out. She has a video on it as well. But uh, there's a book that was written about 100 years ago, over 100 years ago, 120 years ago. And it's called The Last President by Ingersoll Lockwood. And in the book, as I'm trying to scroll through the PDF here, uh, Ingersoll Lockwood is the author that also wrote Baron Trump's Adventures or something oh, like that. The, the yeah, time yeah. traveling kid named Baron Trump. The Adventures of Baron Trump, I yeah. think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And she pointed out, which is very eerie, is that uh, part of the story in The Last President, it, they, they basically destroy the Capitol. As Ooh. part of the last president, you know, the last situation that takes place. So uh, I got a couple things here from the book and uh, it says the new year, the new century was born, but with the last stroke, a fearful and thunderous discharge as of a thousand monster pieces of artillery shook the capital to its very foundations, making the stoutest heart stand still and blanching cheeks that had never known the coward color. Uh, the dome of the Capitol had been destroyed by dynamite. So not quite that dramatic, but still interesting that well, it depends uh, who you listen to. You listen to some of the mainstream media well, outlets. It was the it was worse than nine eleven. Uh, this was this was Pearl Harbor. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, and there's another section here. In a few moments, when it was seen that the chamber had suffered no harm, the leader of the House moved the final passage of the act. The president was led astray and the Republican senators and representatives passed slowly out of the disfigured capital while the tellers prepared to take the vote of the house. So oh, I, I don't know. It's kind of, it's weird. It's definitely weird. <laughs> a book a hundred years ago that by an author that also wrote about Baron Trump time traveling <laughs> right. into middle earth or center or the hollow earth or whatever also had a book about the last president and how the last moments of that last president was um, the capital uh, falling yeah, apart. What's the name of that author again? Ingersoll Lockwood. We should probably look into that guy. Or Ingerson. Ingerson or Ingersoll. I, I thought it was Ingersoll. I wrote Ingerson in the notes, but anyway, yeah, just something to, to poke around if you're bored uh, and you want to go into a rabbit trail that I want to get a hard copy. Do you think hard copies are available? Yeah, that's probably expensive now. Yeah. Know, Cause it's all people want to have hard copies of it, but the last president. Yeah, go okay. look for it on Scribd or check something. eBay. Yeah, eBay. Uh, oh, speaking of eBay, I don't think you had it in the notes here, but the uh, speaker's lectern got put on eBay. Yeah. Do you see that? 
Yeah, I, I, I noticed. I didn't know that was real. I thought that was a fake thing. Well, from what I saw, I read a thing. It said it was up there. Uh, the price started at, uh, I think, $450 or uh, and it got up to a hundred thousand dollars before eBay took it down. Well, that's a uh, well stolen by Via Getty, right? Via Getty took it. <laughs> yes, Via Getty, notorious <laughs> podium thief. <laughs> you want to you want to talk about that real quick? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll start with Via Getty. Uh, yeah. So uh, those who don't know, I I had a lot of people uh, <laughs> trying to convince me that i was via getty uh i am not via getty yeah for those who just are wondering but uh we can look at the uh, the tweet over here new york post twitter users mistake via getty for name of capital rioter and this all came from uh you know getty images uh, for those who may not know how this system works you can if you're out you're taking pictures you can pretty quickly sell your pictures to getty images yeah especially if you have an account uh, and a lot of people try to make their money that way and uh <laughs> this guy who stole the podium i saw it with the podium guy as well as buffalo head guy i'm not sure exactly which one they you know, are referring to it could have been both, uh, but <laughs> Twitter users in their outrage uh, about seeing these pictures happening in the Capitol, um, uh, Getty Images puts a little watermark uh, that says "Via Getty" um, in their <laughs> pictures, and people just thought it was that guy's name, and it's just so silly. Yeah, so somebody tweeted out, "What kind of name is Via Getty?" Another guy, I like this guy. His name is Via Getty. Says it right there in the original tweet. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> like these virtue signaling Twitter folks that... Uh, so dumb. Yeah, I mean, you know, reading Twitter sometimes, you, you realize you... you I, I don't like doing that a, a whole lot because you start identifying with the elite. You know, you, you sit there, you're like, hmm, you know... It does make sense. We should invite fewer people to be born. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just- yeah, I'm always surprised. You know, Twitter's a weird place. You'll get people who are uh, very, very passionate, but you just really realize how dumb some people can be sometimes. Yeah. But it makes life exciting. Dumb people make life exciting. I know. It's, it's unfortunate. Uh, somebody in the chat um, really wants us to talk about Biden. Okay. I don't know what do they why. want us to say. I don't know. I don't know. I have. Okay. I recently clipped his uh, hairy legs thing. Uh, we should refresh on that. Speak about Biden. Talk about okay. Talk I don't about think Biden. We can, I don't think we cannot talk about Biden. So we'll get there, folks. Um, speaking of Via Getty, uh, there was a Buffalo Horn guy. Buffalo Horn, interesting fellow. Yes, he was the other one. A couple of things uh, to make note of with him. Um, let's see here. We got a tweet that kind of condenses a lot of them. Uh, this is a pic. This is from president elect Dick Hertzer. Um, <laughs> ooh, he's got a bad, <laughs> bad <laughs> word in his username. His username is not show friendly. No, not for children. Um, so let's see here. He reposted images of 
Uh, Some other tweets. One says, the bad guys didn't want today's vote to happen. They planned on using Antifa to infiltrate the Capitol to delay it. They are now painting it as if my brother stormed the Capitol and took control. LMAO. But what actually happened was that the bad guys paid off people to let the crowds through the barriers so they could claim that Trump supporters stormed the Bastille. What they didn't know is that many of these people they paid and hired were actually the good guys undercover. In doing so, the bad guys openly committed treasons, which allowed uh, for our military to take over and do so without any uh, violence or loss of life. Wow. Oh, yeah. So this is there's a lot of different angles that are being given on this uh, horns guy, the the horns guy. Yeah. Um, So one of the first ones I saw was that it shows the horns guy and then like a profile of uh, of him as like mm-hmm. a voice actor and, and it kind of yeah. confirms the, Oh, see there's another actor. It's kind of a popular thing in the conspiracy circles. Anytime something happens and anytime there's suspected false flag or purposeful activity, they look yeah. to find if the, the instigators are people on IMDB or, you know, have some kind of acting profile, right. which a lot of times they do, which doesn't help the, uh, the non conspiracy so- folk to, to consider it as a purposeful thing. But uh, this case, it's almost like um, I I saw that take over the conversation for a little while. And then the alleged sister came out with this tweet and it kind of flips it around a little bit. Yeah. Well, there was also another flip, which was, you know, people were of course saying that he was Antifa and they found a photo from him in his same outfit from a black lives matter protest. Turns out from what I was able to discern, he was actually counter protesting at that black lives matter uh, protest. So he was there, but I think he was still under the, uh, you know, come he was counter protesting Black Lives Matter or or Antifa, I'm sure is what he would refer to. Um, and uh, read a thing that he's actually a Marine or was a Marine. Yeah. And then the conspiracy theories spiraled from there. Um, so, yeah, pretty interesting guy. One thing of note was the triangle tattoo, which a lot of people immediately jumped on and said that it was a. A pizza pedo. gate symbol, yeah, pedo gate symbol, yeah. uh, which it is not. Uh, so actually, what it is is the Valknut symbol, right. which is uh, vi- well. I'll just read it here. The most common meaning that people do give their Valknut tattoos is the classic one. They are honoring a deceased loved one or friend. This is especially true for people who have lost someone who died in a war, since Valknut is uh, largely associated with battles. It's a Viking symbol. Um, it's also kind of tied in well with a lot of Viking, uh, lore and magic and things like that. And it can mean lots of different things, but it, it's commonly used, especially with military dudes, um, as sort of a remembrance of a lost, uh, brother or loved one or right. something like that. Yeah. Um, so yes, not, not a, not a, uh, pizza gate symbol just for those who now there was also a couple of pictures that popped up with, uh, Buffalo horns guy, one with Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. See that I was going to mention, <laughs> why do these guys always have pictures with very high level, uh, politicians and it's just strange how they all seem to run in the same circle. Even if this guy's like, you know, whatever side he's on, 
He seems to well, have yeah, been known. It kind of looks like the picture with him and Giuliani kind of looks like Giuliani was signing books or something. Yeah. And uh, he just showed up to, uh, uh, you know, take a picture with him. Um, but hold on one second. And uh, there was another picture floating around, which I'm not sure if you have loaded up, but I'll send you a link here. Um, but Buffalo Horn Guy, I think it was on the day or a different day. He actually has a picture with, I believe, Nancy Pelosi's son-in-law. Yep. I have it pulled up right was, here. You, you do have it? Yeah. Okay. His name is that was Michael Voss or Mikhail Voss or something. Yeah. Now, that one actually looks like, because he's in his uh, horned getup. Yeah. Um, that one looks like he may have just seen him like on the day and ran up and took a picture or something. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, that's one? what I'm saying. Like uh, there, it's just weird how these guys that get the, the, all the attention have these relation, not necessarily relationships, but it just very quickly you have pictures of them all around the internet with politicians and right. It's just, you know, like the whole thing it seems suspicious, it weird, man. Yeah, the whole thing is suspicious. I wonder if uh, what's Pelosi's daughter or what's the son-in-law's name? Uh, Mikhail or Michael? I think Mitchell, mm. Mitchell Voss, Michael Voss. Okay. I don't know. Mike, Something Mikeel. like that. Um, the interesting thing with that is he, it looks like he's the one taking the selfie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Maybe he was yeah. like, oh, cool guy. And then he, he didn't realize, or yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just the whole thing is. Yeah, you never know. I also, uh, apparently, Buffalo Horns guy shows up to a lot of Trump rallies. I've seen a lot of people um, talking about how they see have seen him at this rally or that rally or this event or that event. So, actually, apparently, a pretty prolific event goer. Right. Uh, but the, uh, the, jokes, the jokes are hilarious. And, yes, the picture of him standing in the speaker's seat... It's just so epic. That's going to be in history books someday. Yeah. When they, when, when, you know, when the history books read that, you know, terrorists in uh, broke into the Capitol building and uh, overtook the government and they're going to have a picture of him standing there. Right. Well, uh, the narrative by his sister suggesting that, you know, he had a camera on and he was paid to rush in and, and it's kind of like a, uh, not a blackmail, but like a, uh, you know, trying to catch these people yeah, that are trying a to double agent. Yeah. Like a double agent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. Maybe. Um, I mean, of course his sister has a lot of reason to try to, you know, make him look as good as he can. Uh, but I heard somebody had a theory that, you know, he didn't wear a shirt so he could prove that he wasn't wearing a wire, but his, his horns have his cameras, cameras in them. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Like, horns. I don't know. Maybe. Who anyway, knows? we're spending too much time on horns guy. I well, think there's how other. Can you spend too much time on horns well, guy. He was the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, he resonates with your kind. So maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, lastly, along the same lines, <laughs> yep. there were some other interesting people there. Of course, we've, uh, since the beginning, it's been theorized and noted that certainly there would be, um, you know, some, uh, at least Antifa people there, uh, which 
more than anything, that's not even conspiracy theory. That's just good strategy. I mean, if I was Antifa, I would send some infiltrators. It only makes sense. Right. Um, but of course, you get called a conspiracy theorist for that. But over here on FoxNews.com, BLM activist inside Capitol claims he was documenting riots. Once said, burn it all down. The article reads, an anti-Trump activist who once said he wanted to rip the president out of the offer. Uh, office entered the Capitol building Wednesday alongside a mob of pro-Trump protesters, but he said he was just there to document it. Quote, there's this narrative going around right now that Antifa was the people there causing the riots, causing the tension. Yeah, imagine that. Why? Why would anybody get that crazy idea? Uh, They were the only people breaking into the Capitol, and I wanted to be able to tell a part of history and show that that was anything but the case. Pretty strong words. John Sullivan, the founder of Utah-based Insurgents USA. I know. No, we're totally innocent. Yes, we're Insurgents USA. I'm just here to document. Uh, Insurgents USA describes itself as the revolution. It began protesting racial injustice in policing last year following the death of George Floyd, um, etc., etc. And it goes on, tells more about this guy. Uh, But this doesn't come as any surprise, but it is surprising that one actually came out and admitted it and wanted to talk about it. Well, it's hard to deny. And when you you look at the people that went in, and other, you know, they're identified publicly. You have a whole populace watching. And it's yeah. hard to hide it unless you're wearing, even when you're wearing horns and color your face, it's hard to hide, especially if you have <laughs> tattoos, I guess. Sure. Uh, but yeah, this is no surprise. And it does feed into the narrative that it was sort of a controlled opposition, making it look well, you bad know- for the, the Trump supporters there. Sure. And, you know, again, everything is sketchy and we'll keep talking about it. Um, We don't need to get off on tangents about it. But there was that video uh, which a lot of uh, Trump supporters were very proud about where uh, there is a big crowd grouped around the front door of the Capitol building and just one guy with a stick uh, trying to break the windows out. And this old MAGA guy like comes up to him and stiffs arm him, stiff arms him the hardest. I mean, this was some real old man strength, yeah. you know, strength. and just, just totally stiff arms. This guy takes him down and gives him a very stern talking to about breaking the windows to the Capitol. Um, so, you know, the, of course, uh, the, the legit patriots are proud of uh, having that on camera to show that they were not there to cause destruction, um, you know, <laughs> which is not a hard case to make considering once there's only about three dozen people who made it into the building. Um, and my favorite uh, video is when they got through the front doors and they just sort of they stayed within the velvet ropes. Right. Uh, they're walking in, through. In the, they're just walking <laughs> they're quietly through very walking politely, through. Yeah, yeah. staying within the uh, the tourism ropes. Well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of bummed. These violent rioters. And they're surrounded by art and statues that you can just imagine. And in, in sort of some of the other riots we've seen, none of those statues would have made it. Right. And part of it, I mean, we, we mentioned it in the last episode, uh, pointing out the PBS NewsHour 
you know, the, the video in the background showing the, those protesters breaking in, walking through, you know, inside the, the little red uh, velvet ropes and yeah. taking pictures of the statues with their phones. And then like guy <laughs> right. dressed in the cop, you know, outfit, like walking by. As if right. nothing's going yeah. on. And then the yeah. anchor, you know, the anchor is like, oh, they're breaking in. I'm getting messages from my producer and all this stuff. It's like, at least try a little it's harder with so the visuals. silly, man. Yeah. This is worse than 9-11. <laughs> no spray painting. Nobody was tagging the inside of the Capitol. Yeah, I mean, just some, if, if, if you were the opposition trying to make it seem more, you know, like worse. Yeah, go for it. Like, give him red spray paint. Tell them to spray paint MAGA all over the... Well, there was one. Oh, there, there was? There was one thing. You know what? And I didn't bring the article. I apologize. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. So there was a recent um, civil rights activist, an older guy who passed away. His name was John. Oh, man. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Um, somebody in the chat, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, give me this guy's name. So he was a civil rights activist. And I guess he had a little, um, they had a little plaque for him in there. And I guess somebody did deface that. Although I didn't, I couldn't find any pictures of it, but I read an article that like somebody defaced that. And if that is the case of which I still need to see a picture of it. Um, that was the only thing anybody destroyed in there was this one thing of a civil rights activist it i I don't understand i mean again yeah okay maybe a racist got in there and just left everything but destroyed this one plaque um or maybe you know if there somebody was in there trying to craft the narrative about racists breaking racist terrorists breaking into the capitol you know they would target the one specific plaque, you know, I don't know. The thing that bothered me the most John about Lewis John Lewis. Oh, okay. Name. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did see something on that. The, the biggest Let's thing that really annoys me with this whole situation are sort of the, you can call them progressive ish Christians that mm-hmm. are on social media saying, see what happens when Christian nationalism takes over. And, you know, and then they got the, a picture of uh, somebody waving the Jesus 2020 flag. There was like a Jesus flag that people were waving out there. And uh, it bothers me because it's like, no, that's completely irrational thinking. Number one, you have a small group of people breaking in. You don't even know if they're actual supporters. But if you use that same logic, you can basically say if let's say some black folks break into a, an apartment or something and uh you know steal and rampage those the same logic can be applied and say see these black people they're all dangerous criminals that want to take over of course it's a horrible horror i don't know it's just so irrational that it just bothered me sorry i had to get it off my chest yeah okay these people no no (laughs) i think everybody's everybody's on the same page yeah it is uh you know it's just it just fits it fits a narrative crafting narrative than it does an actual narrative. Right. That nothing else would be touched except for yeah. this. Yeah. And I'm looking at it right now. Here we go. Yeah. This was a tweet by leader Hoyer, Steny, Steny Hoyer. While rioters shamefully destroyed this tribute to my brother, John Lewis yesterday, let his words continue to echo in the halls of Congress and in our hearts. Let us always stand up, speak up against uh racial in against injustice and for our democracy and he has a picture 
and it's not defaced. Is, he, is, <laughs> is it before it was def- defaced? It must have be before picture, but why not? Yeah, why not before post and after. an after picture? Yeah, before and after. And, and yes, so the dedication, it, was, uh, it wasn't even a plaque. It was like a printed out picture of the guy on an easel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's no pictures of it actually being defaced. So yeah. I don't know. Take and, it for uh, what you will. Just briefly, prayers go out to Ashley Babbitt and oh, her family. Yeah. That footage is pretty gruesome. I don't want to show it. Um, no, it's it's horrible footage. And the guy, notice how, uh, at least as of this morning, I have not seen the name of the guy who shot her released. It was a, a Capitol Police officer. Um, and the footage of it, you know, he the dude is safely behind a oh, locked door. It's, yeah. I mean, of course, he must have been freaking out thinking people were going to come in and get him. But, yeah, totally unnecessary him firing his weapon Uh, under any standards of self-defense or policing. That was an unnecessary uh, discharge. The part that really was confusing to me was she gets hit. She falls back where she's on the ground and you see kind of the horror that's, you know, happening around her. But there's all these armed cops behind her right so it's that's the crazy thing she the swat team yeah was right behind her and uh this the police officer security guard or whoever was inside the door shot at her hitting her but shot in the direction of his own right teammates alleged teammates it's just a weird he just panicked man and that's what, ha- and that's the problem. You know, that's been the main problem with most of these policing uh, incidences is they just panic and yeah. they, they fire their weapon when they didn't need to. And that's exactly what happened here. So yes, our, our, our prayers go out to um, the Bobbitt's family and friends. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally unnecessary and being used just in a disgusting way by oh, the Oh, it's the horrible. Mainstream, the social medias. No, nothing like, oh, that's what you get for being Trump's like, come on, folks. Yeah. And uh, yes, just because I see some people asking questions, uh, a total of five people, I think, uh, reported died. Yeah. One was uh, the shooting, but the other ones were emergency. They were just random emergency things. I thought somebody not, not random. One guy tased himself on accident. Okay. I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah. One guy's one guy accidentally, at least that's what I saw reported. He tased himself uh, in the groin on accident when he was uh, Ooh, in the groin climbing too. something. Yeah. Or like something he was doing accidentally tased himself and then had a heart attack, which I don't mean to make uh, light of that's horrible that he died. Um, but then it, they were described as uh, medical emergencies, which, mm. you know, it's a shame. Again, an AOC had a, a twit, a tweet, a twit about this, a tweet about this, how, you know, five people are dead because of Trump. Yeah, well, one was shot the, by the police unnecessarily on camera. And that's going to be a whole nother mess. The other four were medical emergencies. And the thing is when you get, you know, thousands of people together, many of them being of older age, um, yeah, medical emergencies happen. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. I but thought it's, there was one that fell like 50 feet or something. Yeah, probably. There's people climbing up things. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know all the stuff, but yeah. Well, that's, it's kind of like Burning Man. 
uh, you know, there's a certain number of deaths at Burning Man every year. And of course, when you hear that, you're like, oh, those crazy hippies taking drugs. I mean, a lot of them are just old people who will have a heart attack or natural causes. You know, you get 100,000 sure. people in in a place for two weeks. Yeah. You know, well, something just happens. Humans humans glitch once in a while. I think what's going to be reported by the mainstream and all the lefty folk especially the lefty folk is they all died of COVID, which is Trump's fault. <laughs> yes. And yeah. so it's all Trump's fault. Orange man. Oh, bad. Yeah. Just wait until the, uh, the reports of COVID surge because of capital. <laughs> because capital siege. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's a few more things that we want to get through here. This, this one uh, was very interesting. Uh, this was tweeted out by disclose.tv. It's footage of uh, Mike Pence. Shaking hands with, I, I don't know who he's shaking hands oh, with. If yeah, someone in the chat weird. knows, let us know. But with the shake of hand, he gets a little coin in his hand, yeah. in which he slips into his pocket. And um, what's really fascinating about this is when he, when Pence realizes that there's something in his hand, he kind of looks at it and like, oh. And the, the other guy with him is like, oh, hey, 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 no. Don't, <laughs> be cool, don't, man. Be cool. Don't show, yeah, don't show it. It looks like there. a drug deal. It, it does look like a drug deal. And then it looks like... Uh, Pelosi's jabbing him with her elbow. She's kind of like, hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. I saw that. I, th- I think she was trying to get his attention because they were supposed to start speaking or something. Sure. But it certainly didn't look good. The no, optics were no. The good. optics are horrible. And and here's what I said was that, do you, I don't know if you remember this, and maybe my memory is a little foggy too because we've gone through thousands of news articles now and, and sure. it's just been a few years with since a lot of stuff has happened. But I recall Tom Horn mentioning how when he was kind of digging around uh, the Freemason type of stuff and really trying to not infiltrate, but sort of investigate some of their things, um, a alleged Freemason came out and gave him a coin and said, Hey, if you ever find yourself in trouble, you know, uh, show this coin. It's like a get out of free, a get out of jail free card. Like John Wick? Kind of, yeah, so, yeah. For like the Freemasons, like, Hey, you know, they're going to kill you. Ah, I got the coin. Somebody from the inside is uh, protecting him. So maybe that's what this is for Pence for maybe. not uh, turning on, uh, you know, the Democrats and all the rest of them. Uh, yeah, it was sketchy, whatever it was, whatever it is. Somebody in the chat, somebody in the chat was saying, I defend these guys too much. I'm not defending anybody, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we don't need to sensationalize every little thing, but this was uh pretty strange um of course i'm seeing uh, you see a lot of challenge coin stuff maybe a freemason coin of something he was being rewarded for something something for sure yeah uh so you can really only make the connections from there and and for sure it's not a bitcoin because can't pass a bitcoin (laughs) to one another with a handshake maybe it was you know it's a couple of guys maybe they don't really know what bitcoin is yeah not to be outdone though mitch mcconnell also had a very strange moment um, and this is a, a video of Mitch McConnell speaking What's into the podium. Your... Hold on, let me. Uh, th- th- I'm not going to play the audio because the narrati- narration and the music and all that is pretty dramatic. But he kind of looks behind him at some guy that's behind him and can't see his face, which is doesn't help. And the guy gives a signal. He gives like that Freemason signal with the two, with the two hands, the thumb and the index finger t- touching. And, uh, and then Mitch kind of turns back around like, oh, okay. Very strange. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, what a weird time to do it, too. Like, you couldn't wait until 
He wasn't standing elevated on a podium on camera. I don't know, but you know, maybe do, do it's supposed people, to be a public signal. Maybe public signal, but yeah, these guys, they, did they not realize that they're on camera? Like, oh, let well, me that's be what sly. I'm saying. But no, it's yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah, the Jay Z yeah. <laughs> is the Jay Z Illuminati symbol. Um, and then, uh, and let's just get into some of the the effects here, or the you know what's what's taking place now, which is a lot of uh, impeachment talk, a lot of Twenty Fifth Amendment talk in the last couple days. This mm-hmm. is APNews.com. The latest: Biden says second Trump impeachment up to Congress. And uh, basically says uh, the latest on the fallout of the storming of the Capitol by a mob of pro-Trump loyalists. President-elect Joe Biden says it's up to Congress whether to pursue a second impeachment of Donald Trump. But he expected lawmakers to be ready to move on his agenda as soon as he is inaugurated. Um, uh, Biden's comments to reporters came after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said in a Friday letter to lawmakers that House Democrats would move to impeach Trump again if he did not resign immediately. Pelosi and other lawmakers have pressured Trump to step down after Wednesday's attack on the U.S. Capitol by a pro-Trump mob that lawmakers in both parties said was incited by Trump. Yada, yada, yada. So um, the, here's the thing. This is what I've noticed from the right wing side of the conversation, uh, this type of, uh, hastiness of, to get Trump out of there. I mean, what's the point? There's two weeks left, right? Less than that. So it's like, why are they trying to get him out? Why are they trying to invoke the 25th amendment and, and, uh, impeach him and get him out of there and all this stuff. And the narrative from the right wing holding on to any kind of hope is that it's because Trump can now the only card he has left is the insurrection act. And, uh, you know, all the things a month ago, we said, how, why isn't Trump doing it? Why is, uh, why is he waiting? And it could be that, um, you know, the, the military basically told Trump, they go through the main ways to do this, uh, local courts, Senate. And, uh, it's kind of like the, the, the Trump card, the final Trump card. Uh, Oh, like you're sitting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only play it if you have to kind of thing. And now sure. that we're at this point, maybe he's planning to do that. I don't know. But you're talking about doing the insurrection insurrection act, act from from yeah. the Trump side. So that's well, that's kind of the quick, hope. Before I well, I want to go into the insurrection act. Yeah. Um, just for those who might not have a full picture of what exactly that looks like. Um, but real quick, let me uh, let's catch up on the 25th Amendment stuff. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing that came out on WashingtonPost.com. Oh, oh, go to Wapo on. first. Hey, yes, yes. Let's go to Wapo first. Ah, get me with the paywall. Good thing I had it open over here. Ha ha, Wapo. Um, yeah, interesting headline came out. There's no requirement to tell the public if the 25th Amendment is invoked. Ooh, as writers waving Trump. Okay, I'm going to skip that first one. Um, no, I'm not. As writers waving Trump flag stormed the Capitol on Wednesday, the 25th Amendment was suddenly rocketing back into people's minds. Yes, it was only a matter of minutes before they yeah. started talking about the 25th Amendment. 
Section four of the amendment allows the vice president and cabinet to temporarily transfer the president's powers to the vice president. Several sources reported that cabinet members were actively discussing invoking section four as effectively replacing President Trump with Vice President Pence. Then a more startling suggestion began circulating on Twitter that section four had already been invoked. One data point driving that speculation was that the D.C. National Guard supposedly had been called up by Pence, not by Trump. Now that the dust is settled, these reports appear to be erroneous. It was the acting defense secretary who had called up the guard, as he has the authority to do. He had consulted with Pence before doing so, but Pence was not exercising presidential power. Nevertheless, the idea raised an interesting question. If Section 4 is invoked, would we necessarily know? The short answer is yes, probably, but the longer answer is not as simple. The 25th Amendment does not have any sort of formal requirement of transparency. Uh, to invoke Section 4, the vice president and cabinet must transmit their declaration to the Speaker of the House and the president pro tempore of the Senate that the president is, quote, unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, which is a key phrase that we'll get into in a little bit. It is conceivable that all of these people could agree to keep the transfer of power under wraps. If the president's condition were temporary, for instance, it might not be worth alarming the public or roiling financial markets. Um, then they go through some more uh, explanation of this and how it would be very hard to do because so many people need to know who is in charge right. uh, that essentially what they're saying is they could try to keep it secret, but there's almost a 0% chance that uh, it would stay secret for long. But then they end with this. In sum, while it is technically possible for Section 4 to be invoked uh, without the public knowing about it, it is unlikely and unwise. The notion that there was a secret invocation this week appears to be more of the same wishful and conspiratorial thinking that has become such a hallmark of our times. And I thought this was interesting because that seems to be... If it were a conspiracy theory, not one that I had heard, but if it were one, it seems like a conspiracy theory that uh, the left would be uh, creating yeah. or latching on to. So this is kind of a WAPO uh, anti-left conspiracy theory debunking, which I thought was interesting. Well, maybe it's a, yeah, maybe they're trying to call the right wing who would say that the left are trying to invoke. <laughs> right. You know, sure. They're yeah. the conspiracy theorists, but I, anyway, um, and I like how this WAPO article uses the same picture of Pence twice. They couldn't, they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't find another picture WAPO. Anyway. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, real quick, I just want to speed through another thing, uh, which was the WallStreetJournal.com. DeVos resigned after she believed 25th Amendment taken off the table. Have you been following this DeVos thing? A little bit. I mean, I'm not super really strange. into politics, but yeah, very... Yeah, I'm not, not yeah, surprised. Yeah, I don't know. So, of course, so DeVos is just in this group of... Uh, Basically, uh, well, I heard it described once as the rats jumping off the ship, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, let's just this is a quick one. I'll just zoom through. Former U.S. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos decided to resign after it became clear that 
uh, to her that invoking the 25th Amendment to remove President Trump wasn't an option, an administration official told the Wall Street Journal on Friday. Senator Elizabeth Warren, in a tweet Thursday, accused Mrs. DeVos of quitting rather than supporting efforts to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Mr. Trump. Oh, oh, Wall Street Journal. Mr. Trump, not wow. President Trump. Interesting. A Trump administration official disputed Mrs. Warren's claim. Quote, when it became very clear that the 25th was not an option, this was the strongest stance Mrs. DeVos could take to uphold her oath to defend the Constitution. The official said, (laughs) the strongest stance to defend the Constitution is to quit her job. Uh, I always think that's funny. Uh, Some administration officials have had preliminary discussions about the 25th Amendment, according to a senior administration official and others familiar with the matter. However, any move to remove Mr. Mr. Trump, not President Trump, is unlikely to happen so close to the inauguration, and neither Mr. Pence uh, nor any cabinet members have expressed support for such a move. The 25th Amendment says that if the vice president and a majority of the officers of the sitting cabinet secretaries decide that the president president is unable to do the duties of his office, the vice president can immediately take on duties of acting president. To officially remove the president, Congress would then vote, and two-thirds of each uh, chamber would be required to officially remove the president. If that threshold isn't reached, the president resumes office. So there you go. Betsy DeVos resigned because President Trump did not get uh, 25th. Well, yeah, again, to this narrative of, yeah, the rats jumping off the ship. There's also Mm -hmm. all the censorship going on. Facebook, Twitter, uh, they're all the obviously they censored uh, Trump. And now uh, General Flynn's account has been suspended. And um, so, again, we'll see what happens in the next few days. But should Trump actually pull the trigger on the Insurrection Act, then... um, you can expect some internet blackouts and yeah. know, cyber pandemic stuff. I, I I'm not, uh, I don't think that would be a surprise, especially with all the censorship already happening. And well, the uh, interesting thing, sorry to interrupt, but before you get too far into the insurrection act, yeah. You um, look the at interesting. It? What? No, go ahead. It's the interesting thing with the 25th amendment is I believe that it is a temporary thing. I don't think that it's a permanent removal of the president. Um, you know, it's it's happened throughout the history of the United States recently. You know, George W. Bush had some, uh, uh, I think he had some surgeries or something. So he put Cheney in charge. And yeah. it's usually for a short period of time. A few days, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's ever happened permanently. And I don't know if it can happen permanently. But moving into this... Uh, this zone, this weird last two weeks of the Trump administration's time, uh, you know, the trying to impeach him now is just sort of, I think, impeach I kinda, think they just want to keep insulting him. Yeah, that's kind of what it seems. Yeah, that's possible. But, you know, I, it's I, like a I, personal thing. I, I think they're trying to head to their bets, too. They don't want him to pull out to actually hit the insurrection button. Well, I think that's that's the only other it's, I think it's that's his the last only other play. thing that makes sense. It's his yeah. last move. And so it, according to policy.defense.gov, 
Uh, it says, wherever there is an insurrection in any state against its government, the president may, upon the request of its legislator or of its governor, if the legislature cannot be convened, call into federal service such of the militia of the other states in the number requested by that state and use such of the armed forces as he considers necessary to suppress the insurrection. Uh, use of military and armed forces to enforce federal authority. Um, again, anytime there's a president, uh, the president considers that unlawful obstructions, combinations, or assemblages or rebellion against the authority of the United States make it impractic uh, impracticable to enforce the law of the United States in any state by the ordinary course of judicial proceedings, which is, again, uh, any ordinary course of judicial proceedings is everything he's tried to do thus far. He may right. call into federal service such of the militia of any state and use such of the armed forces as he considers necessary to enforce those laws or to suppress the rebellion. So given that we've been hearing all about the, uh, uh, you know, China involved in Germany and Frankfurt and all this kind of stuff, Trump can say we're under foreign attack and pull it off. But again, I don't know if he's going to, you know, is he he going to with domestic? Does he need a foreign actor? I don't necessarily think he does, but uh, it just says any obstruction, any unlawful obstruction. So I I think it it can be anybody. But again, you mentioned how, you know, this sets a bad precedence in the future. Should things flip around? It's the other way around, let's say Mm -hmm. to for for future presidents to. consider that you know we have unlawful obstruction uh we have anarchists and libertarians are trying to uphold the constitution and (laughs) (laughs) well they wouldn't you know the language would probably be the other way around like oh they're trying to ruin the constitution but it's just interesting when you read through this because it's uh, uh again it's trump's last play will he do it we'll have to see how long does that take? What does it take? Is that something he can just say? I think like, he is it can, a, just a thing he can do? On I a, think it's a thing a he dime? can do. I'm, uh, I saw some, uh, some right wing, uh, uh, people that are you know, on Trump's camp or in Trump's uh, corner say that I think it was the Navy. It was either the Navy or the army, probably the Navy, uh, had, put out a message saying like um, all systems go, which was, uh, you know, they alluded back to some old Q post, you know, mm. like, Oh, all, all systems go ready to go. If you need to arrest and we need to, you know, uh, confiscate the voting machines and all that we can, you know, Trump can go in there and do it. So right. we'll have to see how it all plays out. But that's, uh, I think that's the last uh play for right now yeah. and then and then we'll got to say we're running out of time <laughs> all <laughs> yeah. this secret cracking cracking genius stuff is is uh 70 uh, chess <laughs> yeah what do we got what's what's the 20th 12 days we've got 12 days well as we've learned this last year and especially in 2021 uh a lot can happen in 12 days a I lot will, I will, i'll give them that 12 days is a long time and now they have a fence a seven foot tall fence will surround oh, the capital for at least 30 days. So <laughs> they put up a wall. They put up a wall. <laughs> Trump finally got in wall. Uh, got, got his wall. He got his wall. In the wrong spot. Uh, and also you had mentioned uh, the United Nations coming out saying, uh, Hey, when do we oh, get yeah. to 
I loved this. Do you, you want to pull up that tweet real quick? Yeah, I have it here. It's uh, United okay. Nations. Who decides when and where a new UN peacekeeping operation is formed? This came out the morning after, well, Wednesday, the morning after the the, the siege on the Capitol. Um, and I thought it was funny. I just randomly followed the UN, like all the UN accounts recently, just so I could get the updates on the New World Order. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the day after this, they put out a thing like, huh, well, how do we decide when to send in peacekeepers? Well, let's tell you how. And they, they uh, put out this article in this tweet so it, I, it kind of felt like a veiled threat yeah yeah and the other <laughs> people that uh did sort of the same thing was china yes uh, and this is a quartz article what china is saying about the pro-trump insurrection at the u.s capitol and i thought it was interesting that they would use the word insurrection and you see a lot of articles use that word the trump insurrection at the u.s capitol uh yeah almost like they're trying to bury the idea of uh, yeah, it was worse than act. Pearl Harbor, didn't you know? Well, I, mean, I thought it was a. I thought we're a podium was stolen, <laughs> Gons. <laughs> but um, basically, the uh, uh, you know the story is that the Chinese uh, uh, offered the peacekeepers to come help with the transition, and it's like, all right, okay, yeah, China. Right. We know you're in control of this country now. <laughs> you and all the Again. socialists taking over all the branches of government. So, uh, well, you know, I don't know if we talked about it much when it happened, but uh, there was something about how Canada or how China was sending troops to Canada to train in cold weather warfare. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Remember that. And mm -hmm. so I, I haven't looked into it much, but I saw some people, uh, Canadian listeners talking about how, uh, China was using this as a way to stage troops North of America. Mm. Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm curious what the, the QN on folks are going to start saying if Biden gets inaugurated. You know, like what's what's the play now? Is it twenty twenty four Trump or yeah? It, it turns to twenty twenty four, or who knows? Maybe they they'll wait for something to overturn the Biden uh, presidency in a couple months or something. Ladies the ides of March, perhaps. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the the next president, number forty six of the United States. I sit on the stand, and it get hot. I got a lot of I got hairy legs. That turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun, and the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight, and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. And I tell you what, the men. They're now all men, the guys I work with down here, and they're all guys at the time. They're all good men. Most of them made an awful lot of themselves. And Earl Larkin had a rough time. And some of you knew Earl. I sit on the okay, so some of you knew Earl. Some of you knew Earl. Uh, oh, Earl. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Okay. Well, there we go. There's a lot of other, um, obviously, we yeah. didn't cover everything that's happened in the past couple of days, but that's at least a way to update ourselves on stuff that's a little bit more solid. Of course, there's lots of, oh man, the, the videos and the articles getting sent to us, Gonzo. There's quite oh, yeah. the... Um, 
quite the the selection of theories of things going on. Passionate people. Okay. Okay, uh, somebody just sent us I can't no, we're doing a show. I can't watch a video while we're do Okay. Thank you uh for the video. Uh but it's 52 minutes long. I'll have to save this for later. I can't do this live <laughs> on the show. What what is it? What's the uh Well, somebody in the chat said they had something very important for us to look at. Um and I gave them the email and they sent it and it's a 52 minute video. I can't oh. do anything with that right now. We'll okay. have to wait for that All later. Right. Sounds good. Let's uh yeah. let's do because we're pretty close to start, you know, wrapping it up because Tim Alberino uh, time. Tim Alberino time. So we'll we'll get through some of our regularly scheduled programming here. Uh, yes. Thanks some people, and then we'll get to Tim Alberino. But uh, let's do a flippy update. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okay, folks, uh, for those who are new to the show, the Flippy Update. Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use talking about Flippy uh, as a proxy conversation to explore how robots and AI are... <clears throat> Oh, I choked on myself, are taking over the world, and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, today, I'm coming from SlashGear.com, and I thought this was pretty fascinating, Gons. Uh, the headline is, Self-Repairing Ice Robots May Be Perfect for Exploring Other Planets. A major challenge when it comes to using robots to explore other planets is keeping them operating when there's no way to repair them on Earth. Researchers at the GRASP Lab in the University of Pennsylvania have conducted what they call very preliminary work on robots made from ice that can repair themselves. Uh, the team, including Devin Carroll and Mark Yim, notes they have only begun exploring the possibility of making robots from ice. Um, building robots from ice is a serious challenge. No kidding. But scientists believe ice exists on most planets, making it an abundant building material. Some things can't be created from ice, such as batteries and electronic components. Yet, uh, one big benefit of using ice for structural components of robots is that it's easily modified using heat and it can be cut and sculpted. Ice can also be easily attached to itself. The paper written by the researchers looks at multiple ways of manufacturing robot structural components from ice using additive and subtractive manufacturing processes. The research aims to demonstrate concepts for robots able to self-reconfigure, self-replicate, and self-repair. One discovery made by the team on the subject so far is that the most efficient and effective method of creating robot components from ice is simply using a drill oh science everyone <laughs> just use a drill to make a robot one potential challenge is figuring out what to do with shavings and wastewater etc etc so i thought this was pretty interesting in this age where um you know, there's a lot of exploration in uh, amorphous robots, uh, soft robotics, um, you know, self-propelled uh, transformer robots made from nanoparticles and materials. They're finally like, yeah, let's just make it from ice. There's ice everywhere. Uh, so Flippy's getting kind of chilly. Yep. There's a lot of people in the chat saying ice, ice, robot. Ice, ice, baby. Yeah. Well, ice, ice, flippy. That's a chilly um, robot. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's just interesting because as uh, just to compare it or to attach it to the robo threat that we're all experiencing as we move into the future, uh, you know, robots who are able to build themselves being a big issue and resources become a big issue at that point. But if they are able to build themselves from ice, uh, there's nothing we can do. We're all doomed. Yeah, they can survive any any type of condition if it's cold they can build themselves from ice if it's hot maybe they can i don't know mold lava or <laughs> build something themselves out of fire yeah <laughs> fire, fire bots yeah okay yeah. so uh right. that's your flippy update got a few updates of my own to get through and we will call it an episode and bring in tim on another stream here that was good Thirty-three is the Illuminati dog whistle. They love the number thirty-three on all kinds of media. Reuters.com. China reports thirty-three new COVID nineteen cases versus thirty-three a day earlier. Oh wow, double thirty-three. It's a lot of thirty-threes. Oh. Uh, mainland China reported thirty-three new COVID nineteen cases on January fourth, matching the count from the day before, which is also thirty-three. A lot of thirty-three there, China. And that's it. That's that's the update. Um, yeah, this it's one, a good update. This one is. Um, it says that you want to. Do you want to do this one? Which Speaking one? Oh, yeah. Beep 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 system. Um, yeah, this was actually a big one. Unilag.co.uk. British scientists developing world's first COVID nineteen vaccine smart patch. It's the smart patch guns. Scientists from Swansea University in Wales are striving to develop the first coronavirus vaccine smart patch. The patch will use micro needles to both administer the coronavirus vaccine and monitor its efficacy for the patient by tracking the body. Body's immune response. The research team plans to develop a prototype by the end of March in the hope that it can be put towards clinical trials and ultimately released to the public. I like how released, like they're letting a tiger out of the cage uh, as part of the effort to tackle the coronavirus outbreak. Scientists at Swansea's Impact Research Center hope to carry out human clinical studies in partnership with Imperial College London with the aim of making the device commercially available within three years. So they're planning on having to give vaccines for th- well, at least three years, over three years. Hey, uh, using- before you go on here, hold uh-huh. on. Did my Twitter account get shut down? Um, I don't know. Let I don't me think go so. Look. What'd you do, Gons? I don't know. I got a message from Tim Kilkenny just now, and he uh-huh. says that he's he pulled up my account here, and it says "Face Like the Sun" does not exist. No, Basil exists. Maybe you're here for me. Okay, I can see you. All right. What about people in the uh, chat? Maybe maybe he put on a VPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta. You can't, can't look set us up your at VPN work. To China, can't look us up at work, Tim. Got to No, we're <laughs> we're not safe for work. Yeah. 
Um, using polycarbonate or silicon millimeter long micro needles, the smart patch can penetrate the skin to administer a vaccine. It can be held in place with a strap or tape for up to 24 hours, during which time it simultaneously measures the patient's inflammatory response to the vaccination by monitoring biomarkers in the skin. Once the vaccine has been administered, the device is scanned to produce a data reading that can provide an understanding about the efficacy of the vaccine and the body response to it. Those involved with the project received Welsh government and European funding as part of the global response to overcome the coronavirus pandemic. Those scientists hope the smart patch can also be used to treat other infectious diseases, the BBC reports. Um, and then it kind of just goes on. But this was interesting, Gans, because this is, you know, we, we in our sort of uh, journey to try to be rational about the mark of the beast um you know there's a lot of people talking about luciferase uh, being in the vaccine which it is not that is involved with the quantum dot tattoos but this patch is a this is one step towards the quantum dot tattoos yeah yeah absolutely i mean again not that you know quantum dot stuff has been around for a long time Right. Uh, and th this type of technology has been around for a long time, but to actually, you know, we've, we've been discussing it and it's, an, I guess it's just another one of those, um, called it, you know, cause yeah. we didn't say, cause we were saying that this alleged vaccine that they're putting out there, the MRNA, that's not what this is, but now that, you know, now that they're putting it out there, I mean, here it is not really surprising, but, uh, yeah, just, just don't get it. I mean, I, I don't recommend people get this thing. <laughs> they the, make this the thing so touch. scary looking. It's got, you know, it's it's got tiny little spikes, but they take such a close up picture. They look like giant spikes. There's just a row, a whole bunch of pyramids going right into your vein. Oh, the pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Got okay. A few don't get more, it. A few more updates. Or do whatever. Real quick. I don't care. Yeah. A couple more updates. Uh, yeah, see, I told <laughs> I told Tim turn off your VPN, and he uh, yeah he had his VPN turned on. So ah. whatever VPN he's using doesn't want us to be shared on it. But there you go. Good. Sorry, Tim. We're still here. But uh, let's see, real quick. CRISPR. Cast nine. This is sciencemag.org. Can't scroll website. Okay. Incredible gene editing result in mice inspires plans to treat premature aging syndrome in children. So mm. it says here one mouse is hunched over graying and barely moves at seven months old. Others at 11 months have sleek black coats and run around uh, the video and other results from a new study have inspired hope for treating children born with progeria or progeria, a rare fatal genetic disease that causes symptoms much like early aging. In mice with the pro, uh, progeria, is it progeria or progeria? Progeria. Progeria causing mutation. A cousin of the celebrated genome editor known as CRISPR corrected the DNA mistake, preventing the heart damage typical of the disease, a research team reports told uh, Nature. So basically, again, uh, CRISPR technology correcting DNA mistakes. And this this is more of the beginning of genetic manipulation and, and DNA change is uh, first it's correcting things. And then once they start correcting things, then it opens the Pandora's box in terms of, well, let's just add a few things instead of just correcting let's enhance. And that's when you start 
talking about the parabolic move towards uh, post-human or non-human, uh, transhuman, where we no longer are part of the way we were designed and we're more so something else that maybe become irredeemable. So another development in CRISPR tech. Uh, and so I think something like this is way more in terms of DNA manipulation than the vaccines as they currently are, at least with the MRNA literature there. So just something to keep in mind. And um, what we're all going to have to do is find our apocalypse shelters. Yeah. And uh, that's what Basil has for us here. Zerohedge.com. Welcome to Basil's Bunker, everybody. Zerohedge.com. You can now buy a tiny bulletproof home for the apocalypse. Oh, this music to my ears. Whether it is the apocalypse or the U.S.'s more immediate socioeconomic collapse sparked by the coronavirus pandemic, demand for doomsday bunkers has exploded. While only the ultra-wealthy can afford luxury doomsday condos buried hundreds of feet uh, below the surface in old missile silos, millennials, who are mostly broke, <laughs> that's true, <laughs> that's very have true. very little options to protect themselves from surging violence across me major metros until now already popular among the millennial generation are tiny homes no thanks to the federal reserve who has unleashed a massive housing bubble this year sending affordability to decade lows uh, you know zero hedge they love throwing in little jabs to <laughs> the federal reserve or whoever needs it Yep. This this has allowed Argentina-based tiny home builder Grandio to dis design and build prefab concrete tiny homes that cost around $75,000. And also, these homes are bulletproof. Quote, we are only in the early stages of our sales and marketing activities, but the interest we are getting from prospective buyers and partners is outstanding with requests flowing in every day. Jose Martin, an architect at Grandio, told Business Insider. Martin said much of the inquiries for the tiny bulletproof home are coming from North America. <laughs> no surprise there. Comes at a time when the pandemic has unleashed a socioeconomic bomb across major metro as hundreds of thousands of people living in cities rush to rural areas to escape the chaos. In November, Wall Street Journal noted that tiny home sales are increasing as people look for refuge during the coronavirus pandemic. Besides doomsday bunkers, it appears tiny bulletproof homes could be the next big trend as America in less than one year has transformed into a chaotic mess because of the virus pandemic. So there you go, Gans. You can get a tiny little indestructible home. You know, the one thing that I would like to have, not just an indestructible home, I want these homes to have giant robot legs so that Ooh. I can move, you know, so it can wander around, wander off. Yeah. Cause if you're, if, if your <laughs> like location moving castle type thing, yes. Well, that's like a floating thing, but yeah, well, I guess it's got legs no, it too. Walks. It's got yeah, it's, legs. It walks too, but yeah, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, as something goes down, you need to change locations, you know, you can just. Get on yeah, up, get those, get get those the, Hyundai uh, legs. Yes, the yeah. new Boston Dynamics Hyundai walking bulletproof home. Yeah. <laughs> Biden's hairy legs. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Just imagine a concrete box with Biden's. Biden hairy legs sticking at the bottom. Jeez. <laughs> oh, All right. One last thing here very quickly, and this will set us up for our conversation with Tim Alberino. This is ScreenRant.com. DC just created their version of Marvel's most 
secret society. Mm. And uh, so in the mid-2000s, Marvel introduced the Illuminati, a group of Marvel heavy hitters who met in secret and protected the Earth from various threats. And now oh, they're the good guys. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, th- you know what this is when they use keywords like that, what they're trying to do is throw off any kind of legitimate search for those topics. Ah, so you, yeah. Marvel comes up with their Illuminati and then you have all these people looking it up and all you get is the, the Marvel Illuminati, not the real one. The same thing with like Lucifer, the TV show. Right. You want to do some you know, research on Lucifer. The first few Google searches is all going to be about that TV show. You know, you're not going to oh, really get to dig into it. Uh, so it's all word, you know, word uh, conquering. It's SEO. SEO. It's all SEO, baby. Uh, the, inc- the conclusion of Dark Knight's death metal saw the mul- multiverse reborn and new threats emerge. A new team is needed to protect Earth. Enter the totality. Uh, it all goes down Whoa. in Dark Knight's Death Metal number seven by writer Scott Snyder and artist Greg Capullo, along with the team of today's hottest artists. So the Marvel has the Illuminati, and now DC has the totality. <laughs> the totality. The totality. Their their wow. secret society. And DC just keeps getting <sighs> better and better, huh? Yeah. Well, either way, <laughs> you know, this is very. Uh, you know, DC versus Marvel, they make it seem like, oh, competition. But ultimately, I think both of them have the same agenda. Yeah. Same mind control propaganda machinery. So, all right, we got to we gotta wrap things up. And uh, thanks to people good. real quick. So yeah. we'll go into a break. It's break. Okay, folks, we are going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because afterwards we got Tim Alberino. But we want to take a second and thank some of our producers of the show. That's right. This is not just some cute gimmick. These are uh, very people who are very important to the continuation of the show. And it's because we're on the value for value model. To keep the rant short this time, I think we can all agree that advertising is uh, one big reason for all the negative parts of the internet and society today. It's uh, advertising was literally explicitly the reason for big data gathering, for privacy concerns, for uh, censoring all of the things that are wrong with the internet and uh, you know parts of the world are because of advertising and that's why we decided we will not participate we take no corporate money no money from advertising agencies uh, we don't even get money from YouTube or anybody like that so we are entirely funded um, by listeners of the show and they're not just listeners they become producers so uh, there's a few ways to do that one of them uh, is by going to patreon.com slash ccnt that's patreon.com slash ccnt and one uh, only one uh, active uh, piece of activity over there and that is an upgraded producership by producer malik so thank you very much producer malik thank you producer malik Yes, Malik has decided to increase his rebellion against the global theology of advertising, which is uh, closely and explicitly tied in with mind control and uh, worldview building by major corporations who control your uh, the structures of how you perceive the world. Uh, next, we have uh, actually canarycryradio.com slash support. Canary Cry Radio. 
Canarycry.com slash support. That's right. Canarycryradio.com slash support is uh, a wonderful place to become a producer of the show. You can come in with monthly producerships, or if commitment is not your thing, you can go ahead and make a one-time producership in any amount you like. There's also cryptocurrency and a lot of great literature about the value for value system and why it's it's actually a, a rebellion. Not not is it not only is it rebellion against uh, sort of the new world order of the technocracy, but it's also, uh, it's just ethical, you know, it's, it's, it's a way for, uh, producers to determine the value of the media that they love. No longer do you need to let a big corporation, whether it's a tech company like YouTube or an advertising agency, uh, to set a value on the, uh, on the media that you prefer to intake. But you know, if you don't like it and you don't want to take responsibility, go ahead and go watch CNN or Fox and get advertised some uh, pharmaceuticals. But if you don't think that that's uh, good for you or the world, become a producer at canarycryradio.com slash support. Gons, who do we have coming in on the PayPal? PayPal, we have Sir Jason. Oh, sorry, not Sir Jason. Read the wrong one. That's the knights that were knighting. (laughs) We have Paul coming in. Paul, thank you, producer Paul. Thank you very much, Paul. And, uh, oh, interesting. We also have producer Saul. Yes. Saul and Paul. Yeah, Thank you very up. much, Producer Saul. And uh, we are executive producer for the episode, Producer Allison. Thank you, Producer Allison. Thank and you, thank you, thank you. She says, hi, Basil and Gons. I've been listening to your show for some time now, and I wanted to send you my tithe so you can keep the show going. You both do an thank amazing you. job, and I look forward to each new show. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Thank, Thank you very you. much, producer Allison. This is very generous. And you, uh, you are the executive producer for today's show. Canary cry news talk episode 284. Yes. And do you want to do this nighting real quick and then we can yes, wrap it up? Let's do it. We, that's right. We have a night, uh, of the Canary cry round table of knights and dames. For those who don't know, uh, the Canary cry round table of knights and dames is a, 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 uh, exclusive, club secret society of canary cry producers who have supported the show over the years uh in the amount of one thousand dollars or more and we have a new night folks and that is uh, sir jason knight of the anti-fubar because there's enough messed up things in the world without knowing jesus has this under control so uh let me bring out my uh, blade here gons very nice. There we go. I have mm-hmm. my uh, my katana. Katana. Very nice. Okay, we want to call up Sir Jason. Please step forward to the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames, where we have a seat for you. Thanks to your generous support in the amount of $1,000 or more, we are proud to pronounce you uh, Knight of the Canary Cry Roundtable. You shall now be known as Sir Jason, Knight of the Anti-Fubar at the Canary Cry Roundtable, where we have the belt of truthful truthiness, breastplate of righteous righteousness, Custom fit Birkenstocks to carry forth the gospel of peace, the shield of ferocious faith, the helmet of substantiating salvation, the supernatural sword of the spirit, and of course, adorable samurai babies, infinitely cute kitties for cuddling, and if you're hungry, we have fancy feast, wet food, carved Cosmo, the crisper cow, and of course, 
fried wormicorns. Welcome to the Canary Cry Knights and Dames Roundtable, Sir Jason Knight of the Antifoo Bar. Congratulations! And I'm looking out over the crowd here, and everybody is standing in applause, Sir Jason. Very good. Thank you, Producer Jason. Sorry, I'm looking yes. up something real quick because uh, a producer in the chat was saying that they sent us some Bitcoin, so we will take oh. a look at that. Thank you, anonymous uh, Bitcoin producer. Yes, so we'll thank you probably in the next episode. Well, it's somewhat anonymous, so it's kind of hard to keep track of who's sending it to us. Yeah, you but, send uh, us an email if you want us to give you credit for that. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, the only other thing to mention here, and we got to get off because we got to get Tim on, is Canary Cry. Oh, we got to do the art and the jingles. Uh, should we save that for the next episode? You know, just we are we're just running so late that I think we should do that. We don't want to keep uh, Tim waiting too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you, artists and jingle makers. We will uh, thank you in the next episode, which will be Monday, right? Monday the what are the 11th? Oh, yes. Yep. Monday, <laughs> Monday the 11th. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> sorry, I was distracted by something. Yes, so there you go. We'll be back uh, January 11th on Monday with another episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure to uh, like the YouTube video here. Now, I do want to say, before people keep moving on too fast, we will be uh, beginning our interview with Tim Alberino in about, say, realistically, about five ten minutes once this is done um so if you're on twitch just stay right where you are if you're on youtube you're going to want to go back to either the canary cry radio channel or the face like the sun channel and just wait for the broadcast to come up and click on that and jump on there we've we had some questions about that last time so yep. just to help so remember you can become a producer we're going to need uh, producers for monday's show you can uh, head to patreon.com slash cc nt or canarycryradio.com slash support oh that's me canarycryradio.com slash support that's right so you can go there become a producer and help keep the show going uh, we can only do it with the help of our producers uh, if but you can help out the show in a lot of other ways we do on a usual day we will have art and jingles and music um, that are created by our producers to help produce the show and so if you're an artist or a musician you can uh, create show themed pieces of art or music and send them to canary cry radio at gmail.com and if uh, that's not your thing you can also help out the show by sharing it or leaving a rating and review that's also helps out the show quite a bit and it just lets people know what you think of the show and you can uh, it helps out the algorithms again it's all about those algos baby Uh, tells the algos to share the show with people who have not heard it before Um, other than that Share the show on your social media. Uh, you got friends, you got family. They're starting to wake up to the fact that the world is not what it seems. And uh, if they need a little help with that, send them an episode of our show. And uh, they will be very grateful. And we'll be grateful to have them listen as well. And if you need any more instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages, get, 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 get
You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Gradle of you cages. Gradle of you cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah. Okay, folks. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. We'll be back on January 11th. That's Monday. Make sure to be there. But until then, think outside the cage. Everybody loves waffles. Call that. Invite fewer people to be born.